Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, I am your host for today's show, Aaron Richards, and I'm joined here in studio by a very good friend who I will introduce as a great surprise to you in just a moment. We're recording here at the illustrious Damascus Media Studios, and friends, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio it's carried across the global EWTN Catholic radio network, and I couldn't be more excited for today's show. My special guest, friend, co-host, and myself were talking before the show just now, and uh, God has been speaking powerfully just in my own heart in this last week about what He intends to do, not just through today's show, but through the platform that that He's um, that He's called us to here on Beyond Damascus here on EWTN and St. Gabriel. And uh, my heart's just been been reconvicted to the fact that God wants to use this show, God wants to use today's show to change your life forever, to change the course of this world. And we're not not wasting any time today, friends. We're going to jump right in in prayer. So let's go ahead, if, if you would, join me in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, you don't see any of us as an accidental participant in your divine plan. God, you see each one of us as a name and a face. God, you see us for who we are. You see us for the plan that you wrote for our life from the moment of creation. Jesus, I pray that you'd come even as we kick off today's show and that you would inspire the hearts of today's listeners who may have forgotten that truth, that you've got a plan for our lives that you've got a mission in mind for us. And God, that, that, that you've established a direction for our lives that nobody can do quite the way that you intend for us to do it. Jesus, it's your great pleasure to share the joy of creation, of creating this world, of creating your church with us. So we respond, we say yes. We say yes to the call that you've given us, Lord. And we pray that today, in a particularly powerful way, that we would be reinvigorated with a missionary zeal, that Jesus, regardless of our state in life, regardless of whether we are a full-time employee here at Damascus, whether we are working in a parish or school, whether we are uh, working at home, whether we are on our way to the office right now, uh, Lord Jesus, that you would convince us of the fact that we're called to a life of extraordinary mission. Jesus, that we're called to a life of full-time ministry. There's no other option. Inspire our hearts today, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, if you've not heard the show before, like St. Paul on his road to Damascus experienced the the powerful awakening moment of a life-changing encounter with Jesus, so too are we called to that same life-changing encounter. And like St. Paul, from that encounter was launched into a life of extraordinary mission, a mission that transformed the entire face of our church. So too are we called to respond in like fashion. There is no encounter without mission. Consequently, there's no mission without encounter. But friends, today we, we, we share that story. We share that lifestyle of 
of authentic encounter with the person of Jesus that launches us into a life of, of missionary discipleship that will inspire and transform the world. Thanks for joining us today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and jump right out of the gate. I want to introduce uh, my friend, my brother in Christ, Brad Pierre, and welcome to the show, Brad. Hey, thanks, Aaron. Blessing to be here. Yeah, man. Um, it has been uh, a while since you've been on the show. Uh, Brad Brad was one of our very, very first guests a number of years ago when this show was still running by the name Encounter Radio. And uh, brother, it's good to have you back. Yeah, it's it's awesome to be back. It's been uh, a few years since the last time that I joined you on the airwaves, but I am so excited about what God's done in those years, I'm so excited about what he is up to with this show, and I'm looking forward to all that he has to offer here today. Yeah, so Beyond Damascus, friends, once again, if you're tuning in for the first time, or maybe if you'd like a little refresher, Beyond Damascus is the name of our show because St. Paul is amazing. Also, uh, Brad and myself, we both work at a place called Damascus. It's a campus here in Centerburg, Ohio, in the middle of the state of Ohio, where Every single day, day in and day out, that, that we are committed to the work of awakening, empowering, and equipping a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith. We do that through, uh, through world-class programs and through an environment of encounter. And our programs like Catholic Youth Summer Camp and like uh, the retreats that we run for middle school and high school students year-round— um, through the 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 world class missionary program that is has, has been formed here at Damascus, and it's it's just it's awesome to see the faith lived out and on display. So uh, visit our website if you want more information, Damascus.net. But in the meantime, I, I work here as uh, one of our executive directors, and Brad, you have worked with us as the director of our missionary program. Tell us a little bit about. Where, where you're at, man. Yeah. So the missionary program here at Damascus was the result of dreaming with the Lord. We yeah. thought to ourselves, how can we establish a community of zealous young adults who serve the youth of our church? I think you look at the different needs in the church. Two of the greatest needs that we have is mission for adults and encounter for yeah. youth because the youth that encounter Christ go on to be adults who are on mission. And so how do we find mission for adults that bring youth to encounter? Well, we thought we would start a campus that ran encounter retreats and conferences for youth that were staffed by young adults who were zealous for the faith, who had encountered Jesus themselves. And so I was one of the first to say yes when we were just Catholic Youth Summer Camp. Amen. We uh, broke ground on this beautiful property in November of 2015, and I was here at the groundbreaking, and I was going into uh, my last semester of my senior year at Ohio State, mm-hmm. which is the last time I was actually on this show. And I was discerning between a variety of mission organizations around the country and Catholic Youth Summer Camp, as we were called at the time, was growing and growing and growing. And the Lord was about a mighty work there. And I was so intrigued by what he was doing. And I remember having a conversation with you and with Dan, our other executive director here, yeah. uh, who also co-hosts the show. And um, I was captivated by your collective vision mm. for where God was taking this place. And so I said, yes. And you know, that first year mission looked different every day, right? We were figuring out what God was doing, but as we built the programs that we now have year round, mm-hmm. as we established this missionary program that four of us have said yes to, I 
developed a heart for what God had called me to do, and I wanted to provide an avenue for as many young adults as possible to do that same thing. I had seen so many young people encounter the Lord through my yes in a very undeserved way, right? (laughs) And I wanted to allow young adults to step into that. And so when you guys offered me the position as the director of the non-existent at the time missionary program. Hey, you know, we, we like to make things up as we go sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I uh, was overjoyed to say yes. And, you yeah. know, from the time that we first started to now, we've gone from four full-time missionaries to now, if you include our mission staff, which is our third and fourth year missionaries, and even now it's going into fifth and sixth and eternity, right? We have over 70. That is that's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I've been up to. That's what I've been called to. And, um, so, so honored to be a part of the work of the Lord here. Yeah. So while Brad and I were, were preparing for today's show, I was, I was just reflecting. So I, I kind of shared it at the start of the show today that I believe this show is going to transform your life. And I believe that this next hour that you'll, that you'll sit with us is going to be a transformational moment for you. And I, I was, I was, I was asking the Lord, God, why have you placed this, this hunger on my heart today? And I was being reminded of the fact that, you know, for the last I don't know, three, four, five, six episodes. I feel like I've been talking about the same thing. Um, it's, it's all about, it's been about our missionary formation program. It's been about, it's been about our, our two week formation that we just finished with our, with our missionaries in preparation for their full-time year. And I was thinking, man, am I just like, is this, is this just my, my, my go-to now? Is this my comfort zone? And then I was thinking to myself, oh man, so, you know, this weekend we just, uh, we, Brad and I together, we were serving on a on a committee with the Diocese of Columbus in um, what I believe is truly a groundbreaking process of uh, of reforming and revisioning the evangelization plan for an entire diocese. And Father Adam Streitenberger, who's uh, the vicar for evangelization in the Diocese of Columbus, uh, he was he was speaking on on the new evangelization and on this this concept of missionary discipleship. And again, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is just becoming a buzzword. What the heck? And I, I believe, friends, that God is, he's, he's placing this, he's continuing to speak this word. Why would God repeat himself? Because it's important. Why would God repeat himself? Because I, I believe that, that we are not receiving it and responding in the way that we're called. You know, I'd, I'd go so far as to say, well, it's, it's not even a change of our character, right? This show is a show about missionary life. When encounter meets mission, that's what we're talking about. And uh, the Beyond Damascus is is um, my my hope for this show. And as we as we begin to dream with the Lord again, and as we begin to invite Him in again, is that we we would always be ready to respond to the word that the Lord's speaking. And I believe the word that the Lord's speaking today is is our missionary call. Uh, and, you know, I thought, I thought it would be appropriate, Brad, to bring you on for the show today. And um, you're going to become, a, you're gonna become a, a friendly face around here. You know, as, as, as we begin to explore this understanding of what is it to pull out that missionary identity in an individual, uh, ultimately, friends, it, it's going to bring you to life. It's going to bring you to life in the way that God intended. I, I've... I've 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 done mission in a way that didn't have mission at its heart and it stinks it's exhausting but to live an authentic missionary lifestyle where 
every day that you spend, every hour that you spend, every task that you check off your list is done with a mind and a heart toward Jesus and the transformation that he wants to accomplish in your life. That's a life fully alive. That's a life on fire. And that's a life that transforms others. It is. And I, and I love the phrase missionary discipleship, because when you look at the two words, to be on mission means to be sent forth. Yeah. To be a disciple means to be a learner. And so, of course, they go together because every time I'm sent forth, I learn something new. I learn something new about myself. I learn something new about the Lord. And so when I approach my Christian walk in that way, that everywhere I go, I have yeah. something to learn, that everyone that I encounter has something to teach me. What an adventure every day is. You can't wake up and be bored on a day where I'm going to learn something today yeah. that'll be totally new to me. Yeah. If you have any ounce of adventure in your heart, which we all do, then every day can be such a gift. And so missionary discipleship is so important. And it's rooted, as you were saying, in evangelization, which yeah. comes from the root meaning good news. That, yeah. <laughs> like, How have we lost the idea that we have the best news in the world to share with everyone? That yeah. I, I think when I look at the church and all of the things that we can do, we, we can strategize for, for days, and we do, and I love that. But yeah. when we look at the root of it, I think – the biggest issue facing our world today is no economic issue. It's no political issue. The biggest issue in our world today is that the church has become indifferent. Yeah. That the good news isn't the good news anymore. It's just okay news. That's amazing. And, you know, in fill in the blank, the, the biggest problem with my job is that I become indifferent, right? The biggest problem with my marriage is that I become indifferent. The biggest problem with my fatherhood is that I become indifferent, right? The biggest problem with my friendships is that I become indifferent. This missionary life, missionary lifestyle. Why is, why is today's show going to transform your life? Because your life is going to, is going to be set on fire when you're living with a purpose. Yes. And, and, and that's, that's the, that's the purpose. That's the fire that, that the Lord wants to plant under our feet. Yeah. And shortly after I encountered the Lord in a powerful way, about six years ago, I grew up cradle Catholic, went through the sacraments, understood the faith in my mind, but needed it in my heart. And about six years ago that happened. Um, I am, we'll, we'll talk about that story when we come back after the break in a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> just a, a primer, I guess. I immediately heard a message talking about defining the why in your life. Yeah. And I remember after that encounter, my immediate response was mission. The Lord just provided a grace that provided adventure in my life. And when I heard that why question proposed to me, I sat down with the Lord and prayed to the best of my ability at yeah. the time and came up with this why statement that's been my calling card for those six years. And the Lord and I authored and put pen to paper. And ultimately every day I speak this why over my life. And that's that I live to bring the church into mission and purpose so that no soul is lost. Amen. That if our church would step back into mission to be mm. sent forth into the adventure of every day, if our church would find that purpose, that we can share the good news yeah. through our life, through our family, through our friendships. All souls would be so attracted to that. They couldn't help but to say yes. And Amen. what a gift that would be here in the diocese of Columbus. And thank God for and around, Father and around the and, world and around the world. <laughs> yeah. Bishop Brennan spearheading it here too. Yeah. Deserves all the credit in the world for his heart and, we're excited to partner in that. Let's Amen. bring the church into mission and purpose so that Amen. no soul is lost. Amen. Uh, friends, we're going to come right back after this short break. And today we're going to be talking about some of the practical steps that we can take toward seeing mission become a part of our daily life 
and how a life lived on mission is a life transformed. Once again, you're listening to Beyond Damascus. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, and we will see you right after this short break. EWTN, communicating the faith. I love EWTN. I look forward to Mother and staying the rosary with her every night. Before my mom passed away two years ago, I was in Ohio. She was in South Dakota. I would call her. We'd be talking and say, okay, time to say the rosary with Mother. And several times a month, I would stay on the line with my mom, and she and I would say the rosary together with Mother Angelica. God bless EWTN. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. When I begin my prayer time, I always enter into it with the expectation that God wants to teach me something. And it has to start with my willingness to share my heart with God, not just say words at Him. So whether I'm using more formal prayers or a more conversational style of prayer, I have to bring my heart and my life and my real self to God. And by having that dialogue, we're able to enter into a deeper relationship, and He's able to show me how to use all the events of my life to draw closer to Him. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us once again after that short break. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. And I'm here in studio in the beautiful, illustrious Damascus Media Studio with my friend and brother in Christ, Brad Pierin. Brad, welcome back after the break. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, good break. We got a good, good water break. fill up and... All oh, the good things. We are ready to rock, friends. And uh, as as we started kind of sharing before the show, uh, today's show is about mission and how we live it in our lives and how a, a life on mission is a life transformed. And um, for those of you who might be joining us just for the first time today, Brad works with me here at Damascus in Centerburg, Ohio, as the director of our missionary program. So uh, mission is such a big deal to us that we've got a whole program around it. And... <laughs> Um, I, I thought that maybe we could kick off this this second session. Here's the deal, actually. I've got a confession to make. For the last three shows that we've recorded, I have pulled up this scripture on my screen, and I've wanted to share it, and I've consistently failed to share this <laughs> word of the Lord. So today, I'm just, I am not going to look for a segue. We're just going to jump in with the word. And uh, th- this, this reading is, uh, of course, from Matthew's version of the Great Commission, and I want to speak that over us, friends, as, as we jump into this second segment. Um, you know, Brad and I were sharing about how you, you will never be the employee. You will never be the priest. You will never be the youth minister. You will never be the religious sister. You'll never be the mom. You'll never be the husband, the wife, the grandmother, the grandfather that God intended for you to be until you embrace and understand your call as a missionary disciple. Your life will be incomplete until you understand that your call is to live as a missionary disciple. Missionary life is not an option for those special people who are called. Missionary life is the fundamental option for all people who are called. We call them Catholic. And, and 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 that's that's the life that we live. That's the lifestyle that we live, and that's that's, that's the flag that we bear. I want to I want to use Jesus's words instead of mine. All authority, Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter twenty eight, verse eighteen, in heaven and on earth, 
has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's a call that every single one of us carries and shares in common. Go in the authority of heaven and earth that Jesus himself has received and has given to you. What if I approached my marriage with the authority of heaven and earth? What if I approached my fatherhood with the authority of heaven and earth? What if I approached payroll with the authority of heaven and earth, right? These are, these are the things that sometimes we, we believe can only happen in the church building or in the pulpit on Sunday. But no, friends, we are called to live a missionary life in the authority of the name of Jesus and to see lives transformed. Amen? Amen. Okay. Well, let's jump right in. Brad, Brad we were sharing a little bit about kind of what's happened here at Damascus. And, uh, you know, you are here, you're responding to this call, and, and you're, you're, you're pouring out your life into others. Um, it's a part of your story, and it's a part of, it, it's a response to what God has done and is doing. We heard your testimony six, five, six years ago on this show, and I, I'd love to hear again, you know, you're not, you're not fresh out of conversion at this point. You're, you're living this every single day. Some days better, some days worse. And, uh, and I, I just, I, I'd love to, I'd love to hear you share with, with our listeners today, um, what it is that God's doing in your life and, and what's the call that you feel like he's placed on you yeah. to see, to see that word transform others. Yeah, there's so much. So we set the primer during our last segment and, I have been so blessed to walk with the Lord over the last six years in a more intimate way than I ever knew possible prior to that. And I actually just recently got married a month ago. You know that, Aaron. Yeah. And it's been such a gift. The day of How's my, married life? Amazing. Yes, yeah, so good. My wife, Nina, is she's phenomenal. A, she's a star. Yes, she is. And I go back to that day in prayer a lot, oh, and I have over the last month, and one thing that stands out to me is right before I left the sacristy to go out and yeah. to um, meet with Father Jim at the front and have Nina come down the aisle, all the things that are involved in the wedding ceremony. Before I left the sacristy, I, I began crying. And I remember Father Jim looked at me, he goes, is everything okay? And I, I looked at him and I said, I'm just so grateful I've been saved. That There was just this overwhelming gratitude that everything that's been given to me hasn't been earned or deserved. I didn't have to perform for it. It was given freely in a gift of love from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the first day that I ever came to grip that with any kind of seriousness was on August 3rd, 2014. And I mentioned that right off conversion when I was first on this show. And I was at a conference in Minnesota. It's a long story of how I got there, but I got there and I uh, had grown up in it was a long church. story that involved alligators. It did, yes, it had so many <laughs> ins and outs, and I'm sure I gave all of the ins and outs in the last rendition. But um, in the the Lord just knows how to get us in the right place at the right moment. Yeah. And what I've come to realize over the last six years is every moment you're in the right place. 
Mm. Every moment you're in the right place. Everyone listening right now, they're in the right place to encounter the Lord. And he had me in the right place for an encounter with him. Or at least it was the first time I had recognized that I was in a place to encounter him. Amen. And, and I, I come in to a night of prayer and uh, adoration's happening. I had never been a part of Eucharistic adoration before. I was seeing people sing songs of praise around the monstrance. I was seeing people lined up around the room praying with people. It was beautiful to watch, but that's in fact what I was doing at first was watching, right? Yeah. Eventually, uh, a good friend of mine asked me if I was going to pray with anyone that night, and I said, probably not, and <laughs> because I was just a little out of my comfort zone. And maybe the things that are talked about on this radio show, if you're listening for the second time in as many weeks, or if you've been listening to this religiously, maybe there's areas of your life where when you're in a situation, you're uncomfortable. Believe me, that's where I was on August 3rd, 2014. I was uncomfortable. I didn't know how to answer the question. And it was uh, a night that was uh, one that I thought I would look back at as something that was neat, but instead it was something that was transforming. And so that question sat with mm. me, are you going to pray with anyone? And it's kind of like when your parents, when you're growing up, ask you a good question and it kind of sits with you and you want to go against it. But nonetheless, I eventually gave in and said, sure, I'll go pray with someone. Right. And I found a good friend of mine up beyond the high altar. And I went and asked him if he'd pray with me. I thought that would entail like an our father and a hail Mary. And then we'd be gone. But he began yeah, not this time. No, he began praying to <laughs> Jesus like he knew him. And that I, I still haven't gotten over that. I, yeah. I just had never heard a prayer like that. It was as if he was actually conversing with the one that we say we can have relationship with. And it took me by surprise. And as he was speaking to Jesus, he would, he would speak things about me that I didn't even really believe about myself. But part of me felt it true. Part of me felt a, a, a tug away from it. But nonetheless, he was speaking these things. And a few minutes in, he looked at me and he says, Brad, I think Jesus would want to ask you tonight what it is that you want from him. And I am not one who normally doesn't have an answer to a question, but I didn't think I had a good answer to that one. And I looked at him and I said, I guess I'd want to know that I'm in the right place and that he's here with me. And he said, I think we can pray for that. And so he put his hand on my shoulder and was praying that the Lord would show me that I'm in the right place and that he's here with me. And uh, during our time of prayer, I felt a hand on my left shoulder, which uh, I was excited about because I was like, these two men who have witnessed to me the love of the Lord are now with mm. me, the one who asked me if I'd pray with anyone and the one that was in fact praying with me. And I was like, this is awesome fraternity. And <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm like uh, just in, in a state of peace and I did the sign of the cross. I'm like crying at this point. I give my buddy a big hug. I'm like wiping snot off on his shoulder or whatever. And I, I turn around to give my other buddy a hug. And when I turn around, no one's there. And in the side of my gaze is the Luna of the monstrance. And I remember hearing the word here. Here is where you're supposed to be in here is where I have always been waiting for you, Brad. And he knew my name. He knew where I was. Yeah. He knew where I had been. He knew where I was going. And encountering Jesus like that just set this fire in me. Moment one. I remember I left that chapel that night, filmed the guy who actually asked me if I was going to pray with anyone. I looked at him. I said, Jesus is real, man. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, he's real, you know? It was like this authentic excitement yeah. that, that I don't think I've lost. I, yeah. I think, if anything, it's just gained traction because Jesus has just showed up time and time again yeah. as I've sought him over the last, you know, six years. And so, anyway, I made a commitment that night that I wouldn't stop until I brought as many people as humanly possible to that same experience. And, and it was because it was so good. The scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It doesn't say come and learn. It says taste and see. Yeah. Taste is experience, sight is perception, right? That when we experience him 
in a new way, we perceive him differently. And that was my experience. And so I didn't know nearly as much as I wanted to know, but I went out and I was telling everybody that I could find about this encounter, whether they had a Christian background or not, whether they were Catholic or not. And the love that I was able to share it with, the tone that I was able to share it in, and an authentic excitement intrigued people. And so we had a movement at Ohio State that went very well during my time there. And then I moved on here to Damascus, and we've seen that movement here since. So that, in a long-winded way, brings us to today, where I just try to live out that day one commitment as best as I can, that I'm not going to stop until I bring as many people as humanly possible to the same experience. If that's a person at the campus that I'm visiting, or if that's a person who comes to visit site here, or if that's a person I meet at the gas station or whoever, that every moment I want to bring every person into that encounter because it was the first moment that my life made sense. It was the first moment that I tasted that purpose we talked about last segment. And when I found that purpose, the rest of my life began to fall in place. It was like a good game of Tetris. If you put the right piece in the right place up front, the rest of the game is pretty easy. And so I just, That's um, awesome. like you said, better some days, worse some days, um, similar to the vows I took with Nina, right? Um, <laughs> but I have tried to the best of my ability to stay rooted to that. It's brought me to this position as the director of the missionary program here. And it's what I want to impart on every missionary who comes that no matter your call in life, whether you stay here with Damascus, whether you go to medical school or law school, or you go into the private sector, whatever you do with your life, yeah. if you live every day with that adventure that I am going to bring as many people as humanly possible to the experience yeah. of encounter with Jesus, your life will never <laughs> be boring. Uh, uh, it's so good. Okay, friends, I promised that today was going to be a show that transformed your life. And uh, Brad, as you, I mean, as as you're as you're speaking that testimony again, my heart's just burning, and uh, I've I've got this. I'm going to wrap a couple images into one. The Lord's the Lord's been speaking to me for for our listeners that. So I was out on the rock climbing wall the other day, and uh, here at here at Damascus, one of our one of our buddies, Josh, um, who has got like I, I don't know. When, when you envision me, when you hear my voice on the radio, friends, what kind of what kind of amazing manly physique do you imagine coming over the airwaves? A muscular stature worthy of inspiring thousands, right? Uh, anyway, jo- Josh is about three times my size in terms of in terms of physical capacity, right? And he was trying to tackle this route on the rock wall and was trying to hit uh, um, maneuver up toward the top of our first lane, and was just having a really tough time doing it, and. He, I mean, he's just, he's a monster. He's a sweet guy. I love Josh. Uh, he was just like hanging there, burning an incredible amount of energy, trying to do this thing again and again and again. And he came down exasperated and was like, go, like, tell me, tell me the secret. Show me what I'm missing. And little old me, uh, climb, climb up. And uh, the move that he was missing was just... There, there, you've got your foot on a solid hold. You've got one hand on a solid hold and you need to get your other hand up about four feet. There's no, there's no hold for your other foot. What you got to do is you got to stick it in this little hole and just the tiniest little toe friction gives you enough to be able to stretch your body up and reach the next, the next goal. I think for a lot of us, when, when, we're, when we're building a mission, when we're building our life, we, we're not ready to, to, to stand and to place our trust in, in the littlest toe hold. And and I think that God would speak to us, Brad, through your testimony today. And friends, every single one of us 
has that moment. Maybe that moment was six years ago. Maybe that moment was 60 years ago. Maybe that moment was six minutes ago where, where the Lord has moved your heart in such a way so as to see your life transformed. And, you know, uh, Brad, as, as, as you remind me of that moment, the, the image that I, that I have in my mind is one of building foundations, that, that God desires to build something amazing in my life and in yours. He desires to build a, a structure in your life that's worthy of celebrating, but it's got to start with establishing foundations. And I think that if, if, if we can go back and we can name those foundation points to give them honor, to give them value, to remind myself that, hey, you know, Brad, that prayer, that prayer meeting in Minnesota, that wasn't a one-off moment. That was God establishing a foundation that if you honor it and you allow him to build a structure on top of it, that it can be the rest of your life. Even if that foundation is a toehold, that, that, that God can build something that's going to stand for generations. And as we continue to say yes and to remind ourselves of those moments that God can build a momentum that can just transform the world. Yeah, and it's those memories that actually get us through the more difficult times, right? Yeah. That I'm facing this thing that I, I can't seem to overcome, but I remember this one time yeah. when I did overcome something that was equally as challenging at that given time, right? So, so what was that time for you, friends? Like, what was that time? What was that moment? I, I just want you to picture it in your mind right now. And, and we just, let, let's give Jesus authority over it. Uh, we, usually we say prayer till the end, not today, right? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, bring to mind for us, please, that moment or one of those moments where you stepped into our life to transform direction. Jesus, whether that was in a prayer meeting, God, whether that was in an in a inspiring message that I heard, whether that was in a conflict with my spouse, Lord, what was it that you spoke? And now, friends, together, go ahead and, go ahead and we'll, just, we'll just pray it together. I want you to repeat with me. Jesus, I give you authority to, to, to make this moment a foundation on which you can build the structure of my life. And when we can allow God to step in and to take those moments as, as moments of surrender where we give him the authority to work, right? What does Jesus do in authority? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, he sends us out. Go and make disciples of all nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. God wants to transform this world through your yes. We give it again to him. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Brad, from there, like, that, that was a yes. How have you seen it lived out? You were saying that, that, that this was the moment that you were brought back to and on your wedding day to, to thank Jesus for saving me. And those are such simple words, but ones that I don't think we pray often enough. Right. And I think one of the great saints, I can't remember him offhand, but he said that it might not be sin that is the greatest human failing. It might be lack of remembrance. Amen. Because I, I fail to sin when I remember. I sin when I fail yeah. to remember, right? Yeah. Like both of those are true. And I think that that remembrance has just brought me such consolation 
over the last six years as we've grown this organization, as I've grown my own personal life, as I'm now growing my family, yeah. that the Lord has brought me back to a point where I stepped past uncertainty and discomfort and into encounter. And I can do that at every moment. And I I love the verse that you keep sharing from Matthew. And I, I have long said, when we think about baptism, a lot of times we, we speak in uh, terms of uh, – an experience far in the past that we can't remember. Yeah. But I think the two most important days in a Catholic's life are the day they're <laughs> baptized and the day they find out why. And if we find out why every subsequent encounter with Jesus reemphasizes that why, Amen. and then we can live from that why for the rest of our lives. Mm. And that is so critical to live the life that we've been called to in our church. And as missionary disciples, like we were talking about in the first segment to be a missionary disciple is to in fact be a Catholic Christian. It, it's an interchangeable phrase, right? That sure, it's a buzzword, as you mentioned, and sure, it's being replicated. <laughs> but I think that you were right to say it's because God keeps reemphasizing. Yeah. He keeps bringing it back up. He keeps saying to us, will we listen to what these terms stand for and mean? Will we embody them in the church? Will we be them for the sake of the world? And I think... That is what we try to do here at Damascus, is to build everyone who comes onto site into missionary disciples, whether it be yeah. a seventh grader on a retreat, a young adult who comes as a missionary, or an older person who comes as a benefactor, or even to come pick up their kid from camp. You know, like anybody that comes onto site, Lord, allow them to leave a missionary disciple, that they would be sent forth. And that they would learn every step of the way, that they would learn your goodness, that they would learn your love for them, that they would learn their authority in you, and they would learn how to be with you for the rest of their lives and into eternity. Amen. So we promised before the break that that I I wanted to give us some practical direction today on how to live out that missionary life. And I want to break it down in a really simple way today. So simple that it's, it's happening in my mind right now. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I had, I had five or six things planned. We're going to, we're going to boil it down to three. I think in order to live a missionary lifestyle, you've got to have a starting line and you've got to have a finish line and you've got to have a playbook, That's good. right? The starting line is what we just talked about, what we just prayed for and gave God authority to speak into in us that the, the starting line is the, is, is the moment. It's, it's where Jesus encounters Paul on the road to Damascus. It's where a blinding light changes the course and direction of our lives. It's where, Brad, you encountered God powerfully in a prayer meeting. It's where my life was transformed at a, at a conference in Atlanta, right? It's, it's, where, it's where the, the direction of, of your life was transformed the day you said, I do, right? It's, it's all of these moments that we allow God to build upon, those are our starting point that establish who we are. It's equally important that we keep our eyes set on the prize of God, who do you want me to be? God, who do you want me to become? Because if if if, if we get so focused on looking back or looking in, um, I think sometimes we just, we forget to realize that God has destined you for greatness. God has destined you, every listener of this show, for greatness, for impact, for transformation, for, for kingdom um, momentum. 
And uh, it's it's not the job of your priest. It's not the job of your bishop. It's not the job of those um, awesome, handsome guys at Damascus on the radio, right? It's It's the job of every single one of you to be able to respond and to say, okay, you know, this work of baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's my job, right? Of teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, that's my job. I love I love that phrase, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, because it kind of sounds as though this is some authoritative statement. What were the things that Jesus commanded? They were be perfect. They were heal the sick. They were raise the dead. They were do this in memory of me, right? They were they were be healed. They were rise and walk. Uh, that, that we are called to live a lifestyle that's worthy of remembrance. And the, the sooner we can, we can understand God. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's even just a, a moment of, of resignation. God, that I give you, I give up control. I give up my plans. I give up the limitations and the boxes that I've put you in. And Jesus, I, I, I trust you to do something amazing. And Brad, I know, I know you, and I've walked with you in this. Like, that's the story of your yes here at Damascus. That's the story of my yes here at Damascus. It's saying, God, there are days when what we're doing doesn't make sense. And if it made too much sense, it probably wouldn't be wouldn't be from you. Right. Right. <laughs> it would probably be from me because right. when it makes sense, it was my plan. Right. And I, I think the, the middle portion is important too. You, yeah. you mentioned that we need a starting point. We need the finish line. We need the playbook. And in my prayer over the last number of years, I've been reflecting with the Lord on what can the playbook look like for mission? How can we put mission into layman's terms? No pun intended. How can we actually live out this call to make disciples of all nations? Yeah. And I felt like the Lord gave me three words that I'd like to share with our listeners Do today. It. And there are three words that I think encompass how we can be on mission in the world. It's yeah. invitation, conversation, and representation. Yep. And I, I think... A lot of times we hear the word mission, we hear the word evangelization, and we're intimidated by what that might mean in my life. How do I take strides in that area? How do I actually implement that into my walk, into my life, into my family? And I really think the preliminary step is invitation, that when we invite someone, we actually step out of our comfort zone to bring them into something of ours, right? Invite someone over to dinner with your family. Invite someone to mass with you. Invite someone to come with you to lunch, to drive in the car with you to work. Because as I invite people into my life, I'm learning how to share life with them. Jesus says, I am the the way, the truth, and the life. So if I'm welcoming Mm. them into my life, I'm welcoming them into an aspect of Jesus. And so that first step of invitation is so important. But so often I think, we, we stop there. We get to the invitation step and we're like, okay, that's the mission of my life. It's like, well, let's take ourselves a step further. And that's where I think conversation comes in. Yeah. How am I bringing the Lord up in conversation? Maybe explicitly, maybe implicitly, but how am I bringing the Lord up in conversation? Am I being joyful in this conversation? Yeah. Am I speaking with life instead of with death, right? Like, am I refusing to give in to cheap gossip? And am I instead calling us higher into honor? How am I conversing in a way that brings glory to God? And I think yep. that next step of conversation from invitation is another step that we can take every day. How am I conversing with my wife? How am I conversing with my husband? How am I conversing with my kids, with my coworkers, with my friends? And am I consistent in my conversations? 
Am I consistent? So first, invitation. If we haven't taken a step into mission, we can take a step into invitation. And if we're at a place where we're comfortable inviting people into our life, then let's ask ourselves, how are we conversing? That Mm -hmm. conversation aspect, right? From invitation to conversation. And then last, if you're already in a place where you're like, I'm I'm talking a lot about the Lord. I'm bringing people into intentional conversation often. Then the next step, in my opinion, is representation. Yeah. In my life, how am I representing Jesus? I, 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 I love the, the, I, the idea that the Lord gave me a couple of years ago that I've spoken on a number of times to our young people who come here to Damascus. And it's this idea of what if there was a camera on my life? At all times, right? So what if there was a camera on my life when I'm in my truck by myself, when mm-hmm. I'm at home by myself, when I'm alone with my wife at the time when I was alone with my fiance, right? Like what if there was a camera on my life at all times when I was at mass, when I was working out, like all of the time, there was a camera on my life and I walked down the street one day and I, for whatever reason, I had <laughs> a recording of that tape and I met someone on the street that had never encountered the person of Jesus if I gave them the tape and didn't say a word and they went home and watched it, would they believe that Jesus is real? That's the question of representation, yep. right? Like, am I representing him with my life? Like, it's been so cool to see over time how as the Lord has transformed me more and more, more and more people come up to me asking the question, you're, you're different. Why? Why? why did you go out of your way to talk to me? Or like they're almost lost for words. Yeah. And it's this idea of in that moment, by the grace of God, I was able to represent him (laughs) to another human and there's no greater honor in the world. And that playbook, no matter where you're at, right? Like if it was a playbook for football, you're, play on third and one is different than second and 10. If it's a playbook that looks like a cookbook, if you want to put this many ounces in one time and this many ounces, another time, whatever, right? Like, I think when we look at these three tiers, they can look different in all of our lives. Yet. I think if we're living out mission to the fullest extent, they should all three be a part of our lives. Am I inviting people into my life in an intentional way? Yeah. Am I conversing with them in an intentional way? And I am, Am I representing Jesus in an intentional way? This idea of invitation, conversation, representation, and we can always go back through them, right? Like there's times when I get into this place where I'm like, well, I'm in a good place in my prayer, so I'm representing Jesus. But it's like, have I invited anyone into my life in a while? Yeah. Nope. Okay, back there. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and it's 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 not. It's what Paul says. It's not that I've attained perfect maturity. Yeah. It's it's this one thing that I let go of all that lies behind and I strive forward to the upward calling in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Powerful, powerful words, thoughts, ideas, friends. We've talked about, we need to establish our starting point. We need to establish our, uh, our goal and we need to establish our playbook. And I, I believe that we can see our life transform the lives of others. Okay. So invitation, conversation, representation. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap it all up and and we're going to, we're going to grand finale with a time of prayer for each and every one of you. So friends, don't miss us right after this break. 
The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I told him about the woman who came to me and said her two children hadn't spoken to each other for two years. Their grandma died, and she was very wealthy. She left half to each one. She said they're arguing over a commode. She said it's inlaid. Can you imagine being in hell? And somebody saying to you, what are you here for? EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. EWTN is now on Twitter. Get short, timely messages from EWTN on your computer or cell phone. It's easy to stay up to date on a wide variety of topics. Pro-life news, Vatican announcements, catechesis, apologetics, the latest EWTN programming, and more. You can link to EWTN on Twitter from our homepage or go to twitter.com slash EWTN. At work, at home, at school, and on the road. Stay connected to your world with EWTN's Twitter page. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us for today's show. You know that Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I am Aaron Richards. I'm joined here in studio at Damascus with Brad Pierron. And uh, friends, today has been a heck of a show. We've been talking about the transformational nature of that moment of encounter with Jesus and how it launches us into a life of mission. I mean, that's the name of the game here at Damascus. But um, Brad, thank you for sharing your testimony. If if you're just tuning in, go back and, and watch the rerun. Um, to hear once again, a reminder of God, you establish foundations in our life on which you desire to build. That's, I think that's the story that I'm, that I'm taking away today, that, that those moments of encounter, they can't be wasted. Why? Because every single one of us is called to live their life from that place, to, to live our life from a place where I realize that I can only grow because God has planted the seed, that I can only grow because God's established a foundation on which he desires for me to build. And when I begin to see that, I can begin to see how it is that he wants me to come alive. Um, Brad, I want to wrap up today's show in prayer. And uh, this, you know, once again, I, I shared at the very start of today's show that God had really convicted me of the fact that he wants to use today and he wants to use this show to transform lives. So I wonder if we can just pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And listeners, we're praying with and for you today. You know, our heart is that your lives would be transformed and that some little thing that we speak on today's show could be the word that might establish that new foundation for you. If you've been hungry for that place where God might come to speak, we're going to pray right now that Jesus would come and he would move in you. God, I pray that you would come and that you would, you would reveal to our listeners, that you'd reveal to anyone hearing these words, Lord, the way that you love us, the way that you've worked in our lives, the way that you've established those moments to remember you and to trust you. And Jesus, if we're having a hard time remembering, I pray that you'd do it again now. I pray that you'd come even as we listen, whether we're sitting in the parking lot, whether we're driving down the road, that you'd come and you'd speak to our hearts personally and profoundly in this moment. God, you've established those starting points for us, whether they are a foothold or whether they are a foundation stone. But God, whatever it is, we give you permission to work in us. Thank you, Jesus. 
you know, I feel like there's, there's individuals right now who are thinking to themselves that I don't have what it takes or these words are meant for somebody else, but me. And I believe the Lord would, would speak to you right now. And he'd say, no, this word is a you word. This is the reason that Brad and Aaron got on the radio today to speak this word to you. God, give us the grace to respond. I feel like the Lord wants to speak to those who feel a call to step into invitation in a new way, especially those who feel called to invite estranged family members back into their lives in new ways. Lord, we pray that you would give courage, boldness, and authenticity to all of those who feel drawn to reach out to family members who are estranged. I I feel like the Lord wants to let you know (laughs) that there will be a greater openness on the other end of the line than there has been in times past that the Lord is already preparing the heart or hearts on the other end for that conversation. So we just want to empower you today to make that phone call, to send that text, to send that email, wherever you're at, however you want to do it. The Lord wants to get behind and bless that. So for those of you who feel called to step into invitation, especially with estranged family members, Aaron and I encourage you to do it. And the yeah. Lord wants to be behind you and to bless you as you do it. So thank you. Lord. As you're speaking that word, Brad, God was even showing me, uh, an image of an of an aunt or an uncle, um, someone who in your childhood may have been that figure of authority, but now who you have the responsibility to step in and to reach out. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we pray that you would do again in all of our listeners what you've done in us, Lord, and that you'd see this world transformed. If today in the course of this show, if anybody's heard these words and has just been filled with a hunger for that, I, I I'd invite you to pray with us, Jesus, that you'd come and that you'd transform mm-hmm. our life. Yeah, God, come and be the Lord of my life. Come and do, uh, do in me what I'm so hungry for you to do. Yes, Lord. God, that I could respond to you every day, that I could live out of that relationship the way that you desire. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, thanks for joining us here at Beyond Damascus, where Encounter Meets Mission. Check out this show on Rerun, uh, wherever podcasts are found. You can download us there. Otherwise, Beyond Damascus is, as you know, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We are carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network. We are so blessed to be in partnership with ministries that are working day in and day out to see your lives transformed. Don't waste a moment. When you hear God speak, realize that's your opportunity to respond. If you feel like today's show might speak to a particular member of your family or a friend, feel free to send them the link to the podcast. And in the meantime, we will catch you again next week. God bless and have a great day.